1: It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. make a fantastic song, make a fantastic
0: song.
2: And we're live. Here we are. Listen, your boy number one eighty-eight. Let me let me ask you, Jimmy did did Brady get drafted to like? Fightful Denmark or something. He's he's long gone. We got to keep Camillo in the draft. That that's that's good. <laughs> Melissa's long gone. <laughs> fortunately, no Melissa fortunately got to some weird beat somewhere based on her Instagram.
3: Actually, I was able to just draft Fightful as a collective unit. Uh, and and I thought to myself, maybe it would make sense if I draft Fightful, but then for no reason whatsoever, I don't draft one of the people of Fightful. You know what I mean? Like, I should draft all of Fightful except for one person. And then I decided, but that's just dumb. Why would you do that? That's an asset. So I just drafted all of Fightful together, Sean.
2: Well, really, it doesn't make any sense for you to draft Fightful as a collective entity. Why would you draft the group that has been trying to ruin your life every single week? Right. Who would do that? Uh, There's so much we could talk about, Sean. And we are. And we are wreaking havoc on your finances since 2016. And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to do it to shut him up. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. <sighs> do you think
3: that Vince McMahon watches any of the digital shows like Talking Smack or what are they called? The one after Raw? What's
2: it called? Uh, Raw Talk. Raw no, Talk. No, he doesn't. Because when he finally did watch Talking Smack, he decided he hated it and they canceled it.
3: Okay. So he doesn't watch any of that stuff at all. No. Okay. Because like uh, uh, guys like Xavier Woods and Biggie especially, they've been pretty public about the lack of logic in, in WWE. But they tend to do it like on one of those shows.
2: Yes, uh, so. I don't think he watches it. Okay. I don't think he pays attention to it. But I know that people are watching us right now. <laughs> leave a thumbs up, subscribe. If you're watching live, leave a leave a chat. If you're watching after the fact, leave a comment. That stuff really helps. We are going to. Start engaging with you guys a lot more in the comments section, but if you want to support us, leave a super chat. That stuff is is very important to the growth of Fightful and to get your question or statement read on the air. Just before we went on the air, I filmed an hour long Q and A that's going to drop on Fightful Select on Thursday. Over 150 questions answered. Wow, that's just one of many perks that you get over at FightfulSelect.com, and we're working hard on even more stuff. But, Jimmy, it was the draft this week. Do you answer literally every question that you're sent? Every single question. What I used to do was I would say, as many questions as you want, I'll answer. And we were getting some two, three-hour Q&As. And I was like, all right, let's leave this to an hour long. So now it's each subscriber gets three questions. And uh, I ask them to leave off, like, don't say, what are your top five per view? Yeah. Like, that's that's pointless. Don't ask me what my favorites are. That's pointless. And uh, no, are you a fan of questions? Because people tune into those to get news. They want to find out yep. news stuff. And if, eventually down the line, I'll do one about my favorite. Like if, if I'm going on a vacation or something and I want to put a Q&A in the can, I'll do something like that. But those are very newsworthy shows now. So I'm, I really enjoy doing them. And we always get like at least 45 minutes to an hour out of them.
3: What percentage of Fightful subscribers do you think ask questions if you had to ballpark it?
2: Less than 10%. Less than 10%. Okay. Oh, my God. It might be like 5% because we've got 800 and some, and the comments, it'll be like 63, 70 comments, and they'll put three questions each. But some of them put a a question for in each different comment. So I would say like 40 to 50 sometimes. So there's a lot of them that don't, but then I I figure out how many people are watching it, and it's one of the more popular shows. So That's
3: good because I was going to say, when we eventually get to like 30,000 subscribers – eventually that means that you could be doing a seven hour Q and like a if like if a percentage of them are doing three questions each
2: if we got 30,000 subscribers I'll do a seven hour because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be me it's gonna mean I'm getting paid a whole lot more so th- that's what we go for Scott Young says hi Sean messaged you last week about writing for you just wanted to check uh if you got my email you're a tremendous young man thank you for the content I did I will get back to you it's been a busy week with the draft. Uh, Evan Wright says, With it being the anniversary of AEW, what are your favorite moments so far? Moxley debut is up there. Hangman hitting the uh, one winged angel, Jericho sing alongs. Yeah. Jericho sing alongs are unreal in person, but absolutely. I was, I was there for Moxley's debut. Yep. And I was there for Young Bucks versus Omega and Paige. Those are my two favorites. Another personal favorite is Moxley and, and Omega through the glass table on the first Dynamite. That was such a cool
3: uh, spot. But it, it, but it was illogical as a part of that tag team match. There was no DQ. Nah, I didn't care. Oh, I did. I need logic, which is why we're going to shit on the draft in a minute. Cause I, no, I, I didn't like that because of the lack of logic. For me, Chris Jericho's title run, uh, mm-hmm. he was awesome. He was awesome, and I I've been critical of him with the Sturgis stuff, and I find he's he's, he's starting to get a little too too uh, he's he's starting to act like a, like a boss a little bit with the with the Q and A's he does on YouTube, and yeah. and I don't like that. But uh, his title run, he did so much for AEW, Sean.
2: Yeah. Can you
3: imagine AEW in their first year without Chris Jericho? Oh my gosh, he did so much for them. He and, was uh, very important. I, he
2: was. I questioned them making him the champion at first. It was the right decision. Oh, it was
3: absolutely the right decision and it was uh, it was
2: the, right for aew it was right for jericho yes and it was right for page too
3: it yes was right for
2: hangman page because was he's good for now, everybody yeah he's huge uh an underrated moment Brody lee smashing cody i looked at that and i was like whoa what's going on here like i agree was... no one's yep i
3: agree and i got another one for you sammy guevara singing chris jericho's entrance music
2: <laughs> yes
3: i love it i love it when he does it especially because he doesn't know the words and jericho finds it hilarious
2: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Jobber sends a super chat and says, I'm no lawyer or judge, but who's going to give Joey Ryan any money? Uh, I don't think he's going to get a dime. No, no. I don't think he's get a we'll talk dime.
3: about it later. We'll talk about uh, Joey Ryan later. The, the next thing I want to ask you about is live events are starting to come back. Uh, and some of them have been televised, like, on fight or whatever. So, like, Janela's Spring Break 4 just happened. Bloodsport just happened. I haven't seen any footage. Have you seen any any footage from those shows? And how yeah. did they handle the fans? How did that all, all work?
2: I, I watched those shows as a part of the collective Cheap Plug guys. We do the Weekender on Fightful Select every week. Steven Jensen reviews a lot of the non WWE AEW stuff. I made this week's a free preview edition. Two hours, he covers all of the collective so if you're looking for a collective review, go check it out. Free preview. It was uh, one great wrestling on those shows. A lot of people getting paid, and uh, there was actually I think it was a disease specialist that complimented people at the collective this weekend really? and gave them some advice and said, okay, now that you've done this, don't stay in until Thursday, Friday. Get tested because of the the incubation period. As a result. I mean, you're going to have situations where people in close quarters and people that brawl outside the ring violate. So it's not a catch-all. Mm. But standard, what I heard ma- and what I saw, the majority of people were wearing their masks uh, and they were spaced out, distanced, all that. They did about as well as they could in that situation. Very happy to see that.
3: How many people in the venues?
2: Uh, I wouldn't know that. I'll, I'll ask uh, Brett Lauderdale, though, and see if he could give me an answer on that.
3: Okay, but but they were all spaced out like one every few seats kind of thing, every other row that kind of thing. Well, a group
2: every few seats, like whoever you came with or, okay. or something like
3: that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I mean, they're trying what they can, so good for them um all right let's get into the draft here so uh i'm not gonna go you know round by round here's who rob picked here here's who smackdown picked uh sean did a post raw show we did a post smackdown show everything is there for that and i think everybody kind of has an idea so we're not going to talk about that what i want to talk about is the is the logic from the wwe draft and sean how many times on this podcast have we talked about we just want wrestling to make sense that's it we just want it to make sense. I don't want my intelligence to be insulted. I want my wife to be able to watch with me and not chuckle because something's yeah. so stupid. That's, that's what I wanted of pro wrestling. I want it to make sense. This was the worst draft they've ever done in WWE in terms of logic. It was the worst they've ever done. And it's probably only going to be Trump by 2021, which will probably somehow be worse. But uh, logically, it was awful. It was a train wreck when it came to logic. And so uh, let's get into it. The first thing I want to do, when they posted the rules, Sean, I spotted a problem right out of the shoot when they posted the rules. Okay. And, and this was from WWE.com. This is Media One. Camelo, put this up. So they posted, they posted this prior to SmackDown uh, last Friday when they did the first night. There's the, the, the different rules. If you look at the fourth one, Tag teams will count as one pick unless Fox or USA Network, in conjunction with WWE officials, wants to pick one superstar from the team. I saw that, and I try to liken the draft to the best of our abilities here to a sports draft. Yes. And obviously it's not, but but that's what they're going for. So I try to compare it to a sports draft. In a sports draft, your players are your asset. And so... Because there's no salary cap, you know, talked about with the WWE draft, which even that would help if they at least like implemented a salary cap where I can only spend X amount, SmackDown can only expend X amount, then maybe it would make a little bit more sense. Because there's no salary cap, why would you choose one member of a tag team instead of the whole tag team?
2: Jimmy, I got some of the most mind-numbing, dumbass responses to this. Like what? It's, Give me some examples. L- let me tell you, especially on Facebook. Give me some examples. Uh, uh, oh, God. <laughs> Maybe Raw just wanted New Day. Maybe they only wanted them. And I'm like, why wouldn't they want Big E? And if then if they didn't want him,
3: trade him.
2: Right. And Trading. if trade. And and again, like I had people that said, oh, you can't trade draft picks. And I was like, Apollo Crews came over to Raw months ago as a draft pick who was about to expire. Which right. didn't make any sense. You can't sit there and tell me, oh, they can't trade for draft picks. It's a made-up fucking show. Yeah,
3: and draft picks aren't what, supposed to expire either. They make
2: up whatever rules they want. If they want to be able to trade for draft picks, they can. Right. If they, if, you know what they could have said? That... Smackdown gets the signing rights to the first few free agents or something like that or they get a couple of supplemental picks at the end and that would make sense why Smackdown picked up three people after Monday. There were people that said, "Oh, well they they clearly want to push Big E as a singles." No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> thanks for thanks Gil Grissom for sniffing that one out. Now the case is solved. That's 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 clearly what we were worried about was yeah. oh that no, not not the fact that it just doesn't make sense. And then no. there were people that said, oh, well, if they did it and then immediately trade him, you complain about that too. No, no, dork. I Just got to make
3: sense of it. You know make what I mean? You just got to make, make sense, sense, sense of it. Yeah, like it, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. If you can have three assets instead of two assets, take the third asset.
2: So what I want them to do is Friday, after they do the big e farewell. I want Adam Pierce, like like maybe they're all backstage, all three of them. And they're all standing there. And Kofi and Biggie said, we'll see you later, buddy. And then Adam Pierce walks up and says, do you feel good about your decision? Right. He's like, because they said that at the beginning. They said, we take superstars wishes into consideration. Right. Adam Pierce walks up and says, how do you feel about asking to be drafted on your own? Something like that. Or Big E walks off, and then he says that to Kofi and Xavier. Because if you remember, Kofi was the one specifically that said, buddy, you need to try this on your own. You did it for me. Let me do it for you. Xavier seemed shocked. So if it was Kofi doing it, oh, man, I think that'd be good. I think it'd be real good. Because then Xavier can be like, man, why didn't you tell me? Like, anything like that. Cause some conflict, even if it'll be resolved. Make it make sense. Bless the Miz on Monday. Bless that man. <laughs> he walked out and he said, oh, gee, Otis and Tucker ended up on separate brands. I wonder who had the pull to make that happen. Probably the same guy who had the pull to get Mandy traded to Raw. Good for him. I'm mm-hmm. so happy he did that. So happy he did, did you, that. Did you see
3: Kofi? And and when it comes to the New Day, I find, this is just my opinion, I find Kofi's the worst of the three when it comes to improvising. I find Xavier and Biggie are just quicker with the improvising than Kofi. When they swap belts with uh, with Street Profits, I remember I was I was mentioning that last week. I said Street Profits should go to SmackDown. He said, "Well, they can't because of the Raw Tag Team Champions." Well, they they found a way to do it. But when they swapped the belts, Kofi looked at uh, at Dawkins and he said, "Tell Biggie we miss him." And he obviously it was an improvised line. And I watched that and I thought, "But that's stupid. He's still your friend. What did you just cut ties with him all of a sudden? Yeah, you're in the same venue."
2: Same venue, same town, same everything. And and I mean, uh, it just,
3: they it had didn't both. Make any sense. I think both rosters were there that night. Yeah, and, he, and, and, and Friday. And, and Friday. he he said, "Tell Biggie we missed him." And I just thought to myself, "Kofi, improvising's not your strength, bud." If so it was not.
2: Angela, I'd say, "Tell him yourself. You're gonna see him Friday."
0: Him <laughs>
3: That's what he should have said. That's yeah. what he should have. Montez Ford might have said that.
2: And then the logic of after that. So on that same graphic that you showed. WDB said, anybody not drafted is a yes. free agent. And I get them doing the smack uh, the smack talk, talking smack, raw yep. talk, whatever thing. But then after that, Gable, Lince, Metalik, Mickey James, all free agents. They announced Monday before the show, Gable's been drafted to SmackDown. What? Right. D- okay, did you announce another round? If so, where's the rest? Right. I don't get it. I do not get it. Just say they signed. That's all you have to do is say SmackDown and Raw signed some free agents. You Isn't know what? Tough. I would
3: actually be okay with it if Triple H did a little video, you know, like a WWE.com exclusive, and joked and said, you know, Vince is seventy-five; he forgets sometimes. I would actually be okay with that if they did that because it's obvious these things are happening because Vince just there's no there's no pre planning. They just kind of wing the day as they go. And so, like, Monday came, and they're like, oh, we didn't put Gable anywhere. Uh, okay, SmackDown drafted them. You know what I mean?
2: Evan Wright so. says, oh, Sean, but if it was AEW, you'd love it, <laughs> which is the sarcasm there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would hate it. Michelle Haskins says, in your opinion, should WWE merge the tag team divisions? I think they should because there are only two to three viable tag teams. Yes. No. I don't think they should. I, I did an article for WrestleTalk Magazine about this. I don't. I think they should book it better. Yes. Don't be lazy. Yes. Because everybody says, oh, there's only three viable tag teams. Is that true? Because on Raw right now, you've got two combinations of the Hurt Business right there. Miz and Morrison, Lucha House Party, New Day, Retribution. And you might have a second combination of Retribution there. Over on SmackDown, it is a little bit more rare. Makeshift teams. You've got Rudin, Ziggler, Street Profits, Nakamura and Cesaro, But you also had the Mysterios who were drafted together. They will be a team as well. It's pretty damn weak. I would love to see Apollo Crews and Chad Gable do like the new American Alpha or something like that. Or Chad Gable and and really anybody team up if they're not going to use him. But
3: you know something? Smackdown is bare. Chad Gable would be TNT champion if he was in AEW. Yeah, he would. He is really good. He's really good. I mean he's to to see, to see him take a guy like Sheamus who's way bigger than he is physically and to take him and do the German suplex with the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and you know when he does the thing where he rolls through and he powers you up. He does that with a guy the size of Sheamus. He's really good, man. And and Vince McMahon because he's 5'6" will never get past it. And uh, and that's why he was an afterthought until Monday when somebody figured out, oh, crap, we uh, didn't do anything with him yet. You know, in terms of the draft. Then the next thing I want to talk about in terms of uh, lack of logic. And I should also mention when it comes to the tag team thing, uh, Lucha House Party was another one. Smackdown took Callisto. They didn't take the other two. It makes zero sense. Well, that they, would they, do they that.
2: did. They did their best to make sense of that. What did um, they say? They had a video of Lucha House Party discussing this and Callisto said that he spoke with Fox. And he's like, oh, they were asking about me. They didn't ask about you guys a lot, though. And they were like, why didn't you go to bat for us type of thing? And it was very much implied that Kalisto told them that he wanted to get drafted by himself. Okay. Okay. I I appreciate that. Evan Wright says, Chad Gable's best of the super junior in best of super juniors would rule. Oh, God, he'd be incredible. He'd basically be be
3: good in any spot where he's given a chance to showcase his ability. He'd be good in any spot.
2: How about Bloodsport? Him and Bloodsport would be awesome. Uh, Evan Wright says Bloodsport ruled. Dickinson versus Mox delivered. A lot of people don't realize Moxley has MMA experience in that regard. He trained for a movie that he was doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, guys, send a super chat. That stuff really helps us. Leave a thumbs up. Um, Speaking of transactions, we have one from Evan Wright. He says, I know it's Hugo Savinovich, but this news of Dragon Lee possibly going to WWE breaks my heart. I really feel like it's a bad idea seeing Lucha House Party. Yeah, if I were him, I would probably look at those guys and say, eh, maybe not unless paycheck's right. Unless the paycheck is right, his deal is up. I think in December, according to our contract updates. But again, it's Hugo Savinovich. Mm. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, he is a running joke on YouTube or not YouTube, but Facebook among veteran wrestlers. Yeah, I remember he had all the Saudi uh, news. Remember, I think might have been from that flight. He claimed he did.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about in terms of the the lack of logic has to do with the draft order. Now I'm not a big, you know, fan of basketball and baseball, so I got to put it in terms of hockey, and I'll I'll try to put it in terms that like casual fans will understand. Connor McDavid, best player in the world, picked number one overall by the Edmonton Oilers uh, five years ago. Imagine if Connor McDavid went in the third round. <laughs> When he was the best player on, yeah. in the universe, just for no reason whatsoever. When you looked at the look at the draft order, Naomi was drafted uh, in the second round on Friday. She was drafted before the Women's Tag Team Champions. She was drafted before the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. She was drafted before Jay Uso, who's challenging for the Universal title at Hell in a Cell. Naomi's not been on television, and she was drafted in the second round. She then, is injured. I don't care. She, she was still drafted in the second round. Then you look at Monday when they did the second uh, second day of, of the of the draft. The Intercontinental Champion was picked in the fourth round on, yeah. on Monday. The Intercontinental Champion, he was picked after Alexa Bliss. Lacey Evans was drafted before Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. She was drafted before Sheamus. She was drafted before Ziggler and Rue, who got a title shot on Monday. She, uh, Titus O'Neil was drafted ahead of Aleister Black.
2: Or, or as I called him when I accidentally typed a, a, a typo, Tits O'Neal. <laughs> Did you? During our mock draft, I left out a U. And said, <laughs> Tits O'Neal. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, it, it's... it's. I disagree <laughs> with you completely on Titus O'Neal. It was very important, Jimmy, yeah. that Raw get Titus O'Neal. Yeah. Because otherwise, wh- what are they going to possibly do when they say, oh, we need somebody to lose... Or we need somebody, yeah, to lose to to Lashley in 57 seconds in, right. in a DQ. What are we going to do? You know what? Can, he would have a last chance gauntlet match with eight, nine people in it. And then, Oh, by the way, he hasn't wrestled at all on raw besides those two times since he was drafted last time.
3: And otherwise he would have gone undrafted and they could have signed him as a free agent on Friday.
2: Yeah. He or is, George uh,
3: drafted him on Friday. Cause apparently you could do that too.
2: He's done a couple of raw underground things like whoopie do. Yeah. He yeah. did three main event matches in July and August yeah. He has not had an honest to God Raw match since April, and before that it was November. He's had two actual Raw matches and then a Raw Underground appearance since the last time he was drafted right. in the last year. Right, he's wrestled ten matches.
3: Meanwhile, Alistair Blackson featured every week on Raw, yeah. but Titus O'Neil went first.
2: Andrade, Andrade, Andrade wrestlemania season him and his buddies were the show yes they were they were the entire show
3: yes they were now do you think andrade's headed back to nxt do you think maybe that's I why hope. he went yeah
2: i hope gable should have went gable, gable would le- be great honestly gable lince metal leak mickey andrade All should have went. I agree. All should have went. That would have helped out NXT's tag division, their women's division, and immediately given them two mid or top stars. You want to tell me that Damian Priest versus Chad Gable wouldn't absolutely
3: hump? Champa. It
2: would. would. would Champa
3: Gable, Gargano Gable. There's so much they could do. And the thing is, is when you look at NXT right now, Finn Balor's hurt, Kyle O'Reilly's hurt, Ridge Holland's hurt, Karrion Cross is hurt. Those are top level guys. All Tegan, hurt Sorry? Tegan,
2: Tegan Knox is hurt. Tegan dude. Knox Jeez.
3: Yeah. And I think Dakota Kai too, right? No, she's good. Oh, she's good. But th- but those four guys, those are four top level guys all injured at the same time. So you're telling me, like you just said, they couldn't use Andrade, Chad Gable. Absolutely, they could use those guys right now. Kevin Owens uh, did an interview. He said he was supposed to return last year. Kevin Owens would be phenomenal in that spot. He's kind of treading water on the main roster right now for no fault of his own. You know. Yeah. So. Oh boy, and then and then another thing about the draft is in terms of storyline. So we've already talked about the, the lack of logic. They split up teams for no reason. They, they would pick one guy, not the others, for no reason. Uh, the draft orders were completely ridiculous. They kept Rawlins Murphy, and the Mysterios all together on the SmackDown brand. That means that garbage is going to continue on. Like you said uh, at, the, at the opening of the show, Raw drafted retribution.
2: Yeah. Why, you, you, for the
3: holy hell, of, mother of God, would you do that?
2: Why you would mean- you draft them? The the thing is, Vince McMahon is the showrunner. They badly need a showrunner, like right. an honest to god showrunner. Somebody that would just say, "Hey guys, uh, why don't we just not draft them?" Right. And then immediately at the uh, at the end of the show, somebody or Stephanie comes out and announces with a confused look on her face, "Raw has signed Retribution as free agents," and then you wonder who's pulling the strings, right? Who's helping them? Who's making that work? And then you wonder, as opposed to poor T Bar having to go on Twitter and say nonsensical shit to make sense of the more nonsensical stuff. Oh my God. Aaron Entertainment says the Elias return was stupid too. Yes. I I, I didn't mind it as
3: much. You didn't like it? Uh he's still blaming Jeff Hardy for the car crash yeah, when I love it. Sheamus did Sheamus not basically reveal himself to be the mastermind? No. Are you no, sure? He,
2: he denied it. He denied it. He never along. revealed
3: himself to be the mastermind on SmackDown. No, he,
2: did, he denied it. And quite frankly, Jimmy, I don't know how often you use Facebook and see how stupid a lot of Americans are on Facebook. <laughs> there are people who are confronted with video and audio evidence of things. say, fake news. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Maybe Elias is one of those dumbasses.
3: I mean that's always fair. I will say I missed Elias. I'll also say Elias is a better heel than a babyface, so that part's all cool. He's got yeah. that. He still has that that superstar presence about him, even though he's not the best in the ring. So I was happy to see him back. But uh, I don't know. Going back to Retribution for a second, and how many times have we talked about all they need to do is one segment. Spend like 50 seconds and they could explain something away. All you got to do is have Ollie out there basically, you know, bringing back the, the hacker footage to show that he was the hacker and suggest that you have footage of the McMahons that you will release. You know what I mean? I and I like that's that why, idea too. That's why they drafted them and that's why they're allowed to do silly shit. And then those of us like you and me that want sense, at least we were like, okay, fine. That kind of makes sense. He's got dirt on Vince McMahon. All right.
2: Yeah, anybody that messages me and says, oh, you're asking too much, or oh, just enjoy it, you can piss off. You can, <laughs>
3: you
2: can go to hell. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be okay with this show not making sense just because I like wrestling. Yeah. No, I'm going to like wrestling and hope that it will rise to the point to where they look at things and say, does this make sense? Right. And, and that helps. I'm going to beat that drum Every single week. Make it make sense. Yeah. And I don't mean like you all after the fact coming up with theories to make it make sense. I mean the people who create the shows. Yes. Make it make sense. Yep. Uh, Andrew Monaghan says, what Abyss works is Fox's version of Cyrus. I don't think Fox wants to portray that they look down on wrestling or anything like that. So I don't think that would work.
3: Um, to be honest with you, I loved him with AJ Styles.
2: Oh, God, he was amazing.
3: Maybe they could keep him with AJ Styles somehow.
2: Yeah, oh. he's he's very funny. He is. Wild Boy says, will you explain Bloodsport? I've never seen it. Yeah, it is no ropes on a mat, uh, a wrestling ring without ropes. Kumite. Or anything like that. Sort yeah, of. basically that. But um, KO and submission rules. No pinfalls.
3: Right. Yeah, it's good. It it reminded me when I first saw Flauta It reminded me of the Kumite from uh, from Bloodsworth the movie, which is obviously the inspiration behind it. So, now the other thing I want to talk about uh, post draft, um, I question how long before talent's going to be appearing on both brands again. And and I was questioning this on uh, on Twitter because people pointed out to me. They said, "Well, Braun Strowman is still going to face Roman Reigns on SmackDown this week." And that's post-draft. Jeff Hardy's going to still face Lars Sullivan on SmackDown this week. And that's post-draft. The New Day's still facing Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura this week. And that's post-draft. How long do you think that this is going to happen? Because Survivor Series is coming up. And, you know, we all go nuts because the guy just got drafted to SmackDown, say, a month earlier. And now he's wearing a blue shirt and he hates his former brand. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's going to happen. But how long do you think Vincent Mann will let it go, considering that they're all in the same venue and they're all basically in the same locker room and in the same city? How long do you think he's going to let it go, knowing that he rewrites shit the day of, before he's looking at a script and he goes, ah, we need something better, uh, screw it. Braun Strowman, yeah, this is SmackDown, but Braun I, Strowman's in, uh, in the main I event. Think it, no,
2: I think it's Monday. They're doing the season premiere on Monday, so I think that'll be it. You think I that'll think be that- it? Yeah, I think this week is like a wrap up everything week and there're no there are no uh, inter-promotional matches thus far scheduled for Hell in a Cell which is in a couple weeks so I think it'll I think this Friday is just kind of like wrap it up type of thing.
3: Okay, I hope so because it was so anticlimactic. I mean, Braun Strowman gets drafted right. I've been there for 3
2: weeks. We knew it. They yeah. couldn't hold off. No. They couldn't hold their load no. for 3 weeks with Drew Gulak. Right. And I love Drew Gulak, but they don't love Drew Gulak. So they couldn't hold it for that long. Right. They couldn't hold it for a month with Mandy Rose, Drew Gulak, and Braun Strowman. And Dana Brooke, too. Dana Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. So stupid.
3: Yeah. Now, you mentioned the tag team division. Um, They released AOP. They split heavy machinery they even split Humberto Dominic who got a number one contender match even though they and only AD. had one match
2: Angel Garza. and Andrade
3: and Garza before all they really have with the with the exception of a few real teams as you mentioned just a bunch of makeshift teams that still use their singles wrestler entrance music
2: yeah. uh split up ricochet and Cedric uh, Eric and Ivar obviously can't,
3: for now can't anyway help that, yeah but. yeah 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 it's it's uh it's a shame. And then when you look at the top of the card uh, for both brands, really, but I'm going to focus on Raw because Raw is still considered kind of the premier show. When you look at the top of the card for Raw, Randy Orton stayed on Raw. Keith Lee stayed on Raw. And he's been booked like shit since they called him up. Braun Strowman, as we all knew, went there because he had already been there. Drew McIntyre is probably going to hold on to the title. He's going to need heel challengers. Assuming that they're finally done with Randy Orton after Hell in a Cell, you got Braun Strowman is probably going to get a program. The Fiend is probably going to get a program. I think everybody's already kind of sick of them in a title picture from SmackDown, but they're probably going to get a program. Who do you got left after that? AJ Styles could probably get a shot.
2: they got to build people, and they haven't been building people. They built Drew. They built Drew. And that's it. They do built think, Drew, and they made Roman good. <laughs> they made do you Roman think
3: maybe good. Sheamus? Like, there's a story with Sheamus. Oh, but he's been mid card on SmackDown, and he lost the program he's to got Jeff Hardy.
2: Pee thrown on him.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. It's Evan, very Evan tough.
2: Wright, Evan Wright has a great creative idea. The Hurt Business should invade SmackDown for Apollo Cruz. And Wild Boy says, "Do you think when Gulak resigned, he knew he'd be in the twenty four seven title scene? I think when he resigned, I mean, for a while he wasn't resigned, and he right. went back to the negotiating table." And got what he, uh, from, I think, what he wanted. I think it was more about the deal that he wanted. But no, I don't think he thought he'd be there. But it's just his job now, so I think he's he's fine with it. They got to build, Jimmy. And I talk about them not being able to hold their load for for four draft picks. Well, let me tell you. If you want to become a first-round dra- first draft pick, you better be able to hold your load. And fortunately, Blue Chew can help you do it. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but you're not going to be a free agent for long. But if you are, you're going to impress a whole lot of suitors. You're going to go to those meetings, have those negotiations, and you're going to knock it out of the park, if you know what I mean. Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office, which is a great thing to do. That's that negotiating power. You know what I mean? You order those other guys, you got to wait in line at the pharmacy. This is the perk. Give your penis perks, my friends. It's prescribed online. As I mentioned, they work with Blue Chew affiliated physicians to find the active ingredient that works best for you. And it's a chewable, so it's ready whenever you are or whenever you're not. Hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us and let them know you heard about our great deal. How about three? No salary cap on your dong, my friends. <laughs> Not in this draft, because it's free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. That is a deal. $5 shipping hot dog. And if you want a hot dog, use BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. You heard me say it, BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Jimmy, you know... uh. I know a few other things about free agents in this wrestling world. Oh, um, I am. I interviewed Diana Parazo recently, and I, I sent to you in the Listen you Boy chat. Didn't even know if you know this clip is coming, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to start showing some clips from the interviews again soon. Camillo I'm actually hoping.
3: asked me for permission.
2: Uh, well, He said, yeah. am I
3: allowed to show this clip from Sean? And I was going to be a pain in the ass and say, nah, scrap it, so that you'd call it and it wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. But no, we got it.
2: Well, here's Deanna Peraza talking about her Impact (laughs) deal. You were, again, very outspoken that you thought you could do more the last couple of years. Based on how you have succeeded in Impact Wrestling, do you feel like vindicated? Do you feel like, this is what I told you guys I could do, and now I'm (laughs) doing it?
4: a little bit but i also feel like there's a tremendous amount of pressure on me to perform at that level that i said i could perform at and um with impact taking this chance on me and and you know all the things that i said you know before i really got started in the division i take this role so seriously and i'm constantly like getting time in the ring and working on new things and trying to up my cardio and get in better shape and and you know bring my gear to the next level every time because i want to prove uh not only myself right but the people that believed in me and the people that are giving me these opportunities like they need to know how heavily it weighs on me and how much i appreciate it so um there's so much pressure
0: you have one unheard message
4: that I felt going into Slammiversary. Um, there's 10 times more pressure that I've put on myself going into Bound for Glory now because not only do I need to retain my championship, but, um, you know, I can't be like a one-hit wonder. I can't be a, a fluke. Um, I need to, like, bring it to that same level then some uh, the second time around.
2: And we're back. Check out that full interview. It's on Fightful.com. It's on YouTube.com slash Fightful. We drop those on our podcast feed. She talks about how vindicated she feels about coming over to Impact, her contract status, where she wants to be, and her upcoming Bound for Glory match with Kylie Ray. We haven't done those clips in a while. We didn't do them for a while because uh, we didn't have a producer. But now we're going to start throwing them back your way, guys. So check that out. Lots of interviews up. And uh, I know a lot of you all don't know this, but if you go to FightfulPods.com, We actually have a shoot interview section uh, that features like all of our interviews that we put up. So if you want to scroll through there and check out a lot of interviews that we've done over the last four plus years, we've got hundreds, probably a thousand or so by now. Who knows? Who knows? Kudos to Mustafa
3: Ali. He's trying hard, Sean. He's trying hard. So on WWE's own raw preview, This is the preview that they post on their site and they post on their social media. They included this line. They said, quote, the leader of retribution Mustafa Ali speaks. That was on the raw preview. Well, didn't happen uh, because once again, this man flies by the seat of his pants and they're not organized and they don't time the show is out well. And it didn't happen. Mustafa Ali trying his best put up media to Camillo. Somebody on Twitter said to him, so Ali was supposed to explain his actions on Raw last night, yet we didn't get an explanation. Do you not like it when something is promised and then taken away with no explanation? Funny feeling, isn't it? He's trying, Sean, you know, to make it look like it was intentional. It was yes. not intentional. No. But uh, he's trying his best. Good for you. You're trying. What do they say? Chicken T- shit, uh, chicken
2: salad, right? T-Bar tried too, but it just made it look bad. Like, he's... He, he was on a roll for a while uh, doing some stuff that, that was that was good, but I think T-Bar had said, like, just, we were assigned to show up last night by the higher ups, but we didn't because we attack when we want. But that was in, in a response to why were they drafted? You should have just let them float and appear when it serves their narrative. Yeah, that person made sense. Him saying... Him trying to to explain that th- it undermines what they're doing. Ali's, uh, I think, was a little bit better. T Bar was on a roll a little bit, but I thought that one was a little bit of a miss.
3: huh they're 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 doing what they can. Why do you think Mercedes Martinez was pulled from the group? Do you think because they just need her in NXT? I think that
2: she wanted to be
3: really interesting. Interesting, and she had the enough clout she could get that done,
2: I guess. Uh, yeah, i I yeah, I think that they. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact situation. Just people, had, I had heard that she might have wanted out of it. Good I don't for know that. her. I don't, I don't know that for sure, though.
3: Okay. Last week on this podcast, we were joking about Lana. And uh, I think at that point, she'd gone through the table two, maybe three times. And we were joking about how they should do it every week. They should just have Nia Jax put her through the table every week. They did it once again on Raw. I'm, I'm gonna, not going to lie. I chuckled and smiled when they did it because I thought, this is she's going to be like South Park's Kenny you know yeah they could find yeah, a way that. find a way to do it every single week and when she won the battle royal i had no problem with it sean me either you know and and there were some people that were really critical of it and and i look at it like okay number one she won it in a fluke battle royal where she threw out natty from behind natty thinking she'd won and she threw her out from behind it was completely in a fluke it's not like she won a title shot because she beat peyton royce clean in the middle of the ring you know what i mean She fluked about a royal win. I have no problem with it at all. And you know what? I hope they keep putting her through the table every week. They just got to find creative ways to do it. But I hope they keep doing it.
2: Yeah, so I love that they're doing that. I like the comparison to Kenny. And again, I don't have a problem with this. It's a battle royal. When I would wrestle, there would be so many like turd-level indie guys that are like, it doesn't look good if I get eliminated from the battle royal. I'm like, you're getting tossed over the top rope, you dork. Like, Get over it. It doesn't yes. hurt anybody to fall over a top rope. It's it's a part of this happening. And what I think well one, I, I kinda wish that she hadn't spent time outside the ring. I hate that they do that. I hate that all the time. But um it it worked here because also it enhances the the credibility of anything can happen in the WWF type of thing. Like Oh, these people can win battle royals. Anybody can win this. That is the, the luck of the draw. Not the luck of the draw, but, but the, the crafty aspect yeah. of this. Yeah. I, agree. I love it. And I don't care if she wrestles for 10 seconds next week. I agree. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yep.
3: I'm totally cool with it, too. Here's a question. And this kind of goes along with what you just said about the unpredictability. So, Jay Uso gets put into a program with Roman Reigns. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, they did it, it worked. And, and it became an interesting story. Is there anybody on the Raw roster right now? And if you have to, you, go, you can go to WWE.com and look at the list. Is there anybody on the Raw roster right now healthy
2: that you can well, look, look at? Stop, stop telling them to go to WWE.com. No,
3: I'm telling you. Roster. I'm telling you if you need I, to look at the I roster.
2: Need, I update the Fightful rosters. Three or four times a day, Jimmy. Oh, you do? Tell them to go to the resources (laughs) section at Fightful.com, which has more accurate rosters for AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, WWE, NXT, UK, than they do. Better than Wikipedia, which still lists Kane as a free agent. Yeah, Kane. All right, (laughs) man. That's what he's worried about right now.
3: Uh, Do what Sean just said. Is there anybody on the Raw roster you can look at and think – there's a logical and interesting and fresh story ready to be told between that person and Drew McIntyre. And uh, and you might think Jinder Mahal, although I don't know if he's still considered a SmackDown guy or where the hell he is. He's but He's a free agent. He, he wasn't, in the, yeah, and, he wasn't he, in the thing. And he's injured anyway still, I think. Is there anybody ready to go, and you can look at them and think, that is a logical story. It would be fresh. It would be entertaining for Drew McIntyre on
2: Raw. Anybody. Hmm. Not really. Nobody. I don't know if he had any interaction with MVP and Impact, but... Ugh, um. What about Wade Barrett? Wade Barrett uh, has suggested that he would
3: consider putting on the tights.
2: Got no interest in that. No? Yeah. I got no interest in somebody coming back after not wrestling for four years to do a title program. Yeah, no. I mean,
3: I, I get what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just looking for something fresh and different. But it, it has to make sense. Like, again, the Jey the Uso-Roman Reigns thing was perfect. You know what I mean? They'll they, throw,
2: they'll throw brawn out there.
3: Yeah, but who gives a shit? Is there anybody unique and different, fresh, and they got some kind of connection with, uh, with Drew McIntyre?
2: Some I don't think so. Nobody. Think so. Uh, you might have to look at AJ Styles and say, okay, maybe, maybe they could do it, but uh, I, because it's one of those situations. AJ and and Drew have never had a one-on-one match singles match that that ever aired on TV ever well you'll a triple threat match because I was there for it uh or no I wasn't I, I missed that one but it was in Lexington but they've never had a one-on-one match and you know they'll do it on raw and it'll end in a DQ yeah and they'll do it four times on TV yep I was gonna say you'll see it seven times so and we got somebody saying Brock Lesnar and I'm like no listen to what Jimmy said on the roster he ain't on the roster
3: not only that but something different like we saw Drew and Brock at Wrestlemania. Like, give me something different. Like, I re- you know what I really like about the Jey Uso thing? Aside, and I was never a fan of the Usos, and you and I know. We, we, we had talked about it. I was never a big fan of the Usos. What I loved about it was not only was there a built-in story because they're family from the time they were kids, so not only was there a built-in story, Jey Uso was like the last guy you would think of as getting a title program because he was a tag team wrestler. Yeah. But it fit perfect. Like, it just told a really good story. And that's I want to see more of that. That's why I'm wondering, is there anybody they could cultivate a story out of, even if it's a tag team wrestler?
2: I mean, mean? he and Riddle have worked together and evolved, but do you want to go there right now? No,
3: no, no. It'd have to be.
2: Speaking of, Zach Barber says, What are Jimmy's thoughts on WWE bringing back Lars Sullivan, only for him to immediately prove he's still a creep? What did he do to prove he was a creep? I missed that. He hit on a married woman in her DMs. You mean recently? Yeah, like last week. (laughs) I didn't know about that. Uh, I was
3: going to talk about Lars Sullivan later, and what I was going to say was he basically, in terms of his character on television, reminds me of Braun Strowman with none of the upside. (laughs) That's basically what he reminds me of. He reminds me of when Braun Strowman first came up. Uh, and when he was just annihilating everybody and breaking shit, like we joked about, that, that, that he was really entertaining about, that's Lars Sullivan, except Lars Sullivan doesn't have the look, Lars Sullivan doesn't have the charisma, Lars Sullivan does not have any of the upside, you're never going to have Lars Sullivan do media, you know what, yeah. what I mean? So he's basically Braun Strowman without any of the upside. And I didn't I know about that. the DM thing, I didn't know about that.
2: And Aaron Entertainment says, not now, but you could do The Fiend at Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. Keep The Fiend away from the title.
3: Yeah, and this is the thing. like It's, it's, it's very easy to predict what WWE will do. So WWE will do Braun Strowman. I think that's a, that's a given. WWE will do The Fiend and Drew McIntyre. That's going to happen. Yeah. They'll probably do AJ Styles. I want something fresh and different. I want, I want the Raw um, equivalent of Roman Reigns, Jey Uso. Doesn't mean I want them to, uh, you know, uh, pull up Drew McIntyre's cousin from back in, in uh, Scotland somewhere or whatever. But that's what I want. I want something like that. And that's why I was even thinking, like, they don't have a lot of tag teams left. But maybe there's even, like, a tag wrestler that could be entertaining somehow. Somebody different that could fill the spot. Because, again, Jay Uso had to keep up. It's one thing that he was Roman's, you know, I don't know if they're, are they blood. I don't know if they're blood, yeah, but they grew up. Jr. yeah. Okay, but they the fact they grew up together, they had the story, but the story was only part of it. Jay had to hold up his end of the ring, and I think he did.
2: I, I've, I've got it. I've got the perfect name. Cool. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Drew McIntyre has history with him. They're former tag team champions. Let's hear it. This guy is a main eventer, Cody Rhodes. That'd be good. They ain't got anybody. They got nobody.
3: Ugh. Uh... What about Matthew NXT? Garrett. What about NXT? Is there anybody in NXT?
2: Let me pull up the roster. Uh, we'll read a Super Chat right now while that happens. Matthew Garrett says, This could be fresh, but the draft should have happened with the board of directors. Much love, Fightful. Thank you very much. Uh, leave us a thumbs up, by the way, guys. Donate a Super Chat. You'll get your question or statement read on the air. Always encouraging you guys to do that. And swing by tonight's Wednesday Night War Show. Uh, after AEW and NXT, we got Robert DeFelice, Alex Palowski, Warren Hayes doing that. In NXT, I mean there's always Finn Balor. There's there's a lot of fresher names. Tommaso Ciampa, uh Johnny Gargano. There are a lot of, of fresh names. I think Damian Priest could be really good if they booked him strong because he exudes like cool and does cool moves, but he ain't nowhere near it. Yeah. But Adam he's Cole, big too though. He's big. Yeah. Because Drew's a big fucking dude. Yeah. You know? Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, um. Finn Balor are the ones that stand out, but not anytime soon. Uh, I don't really and,
3: feel it with any of those guys.
2: And Evan Wright says, give me Drew versus Ivar. Cartwheels, baby. Well, uh, Ivar ain't doing any cartwheels for about a year,
3: I would imagine. And you know how badly I wanted Ivar Otis? I wanted that match so bad, uh-huh. and they just wouldn't do it. I mean, that, that'd that be this generation's King Kong Bundy Uncle Elmer. I wanted it. I All wanted that- I wanted the scale way
2: better than either one of uh, King Kong Bundy or uncle Elmer.
3: I know that, but I'm just saying I wanted the super heavyweight match. I wanted the, the, the weigh in backstage and you can have like Otis eating a bucket of chicken on the scale. That's what I wanted. They wouldn't
2: give it to us. Evan Wright says Meltzer kind of hinted at drew working the G one before his WWE return. That one hurt because I think he would have been amazing on that tour. He would have been amazing on that tour, especially the way that he was coming into himself from a work and a physical standpoint. And uh, Wild Boy says, will, will Lars be the most unliked wrestler of all time? No, not even close. Not even close. I, here's the thing. I don't know if he'll make an impact enough to be that. Uh, I think that before all this, before even the mental breakdown, the video emerging, the message board posts emerging, and the DMs emerging, I think he could have been a major player. I just think he'll be a player now.
3: Do, do they mean the most disliked uh, in terms of the fan base or in terms of the locker room?
2: Uh, either one, I don't think he would be the worst.
3: How was he perceived in the locker room from what you hear?
2: Well, I hate to be a broken record, but I had heard from a lot of people last year that said that he went out of his way to apologize to them personally for the message board posts. As far as the DMs, I, I mean, I, I hate to burst people's bubble in, in the chat, Nobody in the company gives a shit about who he's messaging. Right. As long as it's legal, right. They don't give a shit about right. that. They don't care one nothing bit. Nothing
3: racist. Nothing controversial.
2: Yeah, I mean, controversial, sure, but I mean, he's he's buying a yoga program from a woman and hitting on her, but it's like they don't care. They don't care. So I can't make them care or make them not care. Yeah. The racial stuff, people cared. They definitely cared. Of course and he, he apologized for it. The mental breakdown. There were a lot of people that were like, ah, well maybe he's not cut out for this. And when the video dropped, there's no heat on him. But I did have people that said that they didn't think that Vince would ever look at him the same again. Right. But it's one of those situations that it's like, you got plenty of reasons that you could let him go. But if you let him go, there are also plenty of things you could point at and say, oh, did they let him go for this reason? That's not okay to let him go for that reason. It's okay to let him go for that other reason. It's such a wild situation.
3: Do you think that they would actually build him up as a monster heel and book him with Roman, even though Roman is a heel now? Like, do you think they would actually maybe go down that road? Because they are going to do Braun and Roman, and they're both heel right now.
2: I think they'll feed him to Roman, is what I think.
3: Yeah, okay, but but, but you do think they would actually give him a match with Roman, like a title match with Roman?
2: Um, Yeah. I think they give him a title match with Roman, especially on like SmackDown or something or like a December pay-per-view. I think so. Yeah. Mm, Also, mm. worth noting, somebody brings up Samoa Joe for Drew McIntyre. They've also never had a one-on-one match. Joe's not bad. You know,
3: like I I, I almost wouldn't mind seeing Drew do the whole uh, open challenge gimmick. Mm-hmm. even though it is for the for the main title and there's going to be purists that hate it because it's for the main title. But I loved it when Cena did it because it gave good, new guys opportunities. Maybe Drew could do it and one week, maybe nobody's accepting and Samoa Joe's doing commentary and he's like, the hell sure. with it. You know what I mean? That'd be sure. something different. I want to see something different. You know? Chad Gable should get a shot at Roman Reigns. Why not? He could pull a that decent would- match out of Roman Reigns.
2: You know? I mean, I, I don't think it's hard to pull a decent match out of Roman Reigns. I think he's really good, but yeah.
3: I just I just want to see something different, and the J thing is cool, and that's why we're all concerned. Now they're going to do it 18 times, you know? So I want to see something different. Natty Neidhart, anybody that ever questions uh, uh, the toughness of a wrestler, and especially a female wrestler, Battle Royal on, on Monday, Lacey Evans gets a little bit stiff with a punch, knocks out Natty's tooth, Natty finishes the match, with uh, the with tooth popped out. Good for her, man. She's got that heart bloodline, you She's know? She's
2: tough. It's, it's like those things go hand in hand, her losing teeth in, in wrestling. It's like the second or third time it's happened.
3: It's true. Yeah, it's true. I want to ask you about The Rock. I read somewhere. Hold I on. Can't...
2: I'll call him real quick. Yeah, do, it we'll, do just, it. we'll get the answer. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, I read somewhere, it might have been in the UK Metro, that his net worth uh, was being reported at over $200 million. U.S. dollars, right? And he's got his tequila, and obviously his goal is to sell that company. Anybody that I'm sure people people understand business, that's his goal is he wants to build it and sell it and, and get hundreds of millions of dollars for it. Vince McMahon, last I looked, is worth like 1.6 billion. Last I looked, The Rock now has uh, like 200 million social media followers. Do you think at some point eventually Rock's net worth might actually combat Vince's? Eventually. Because that guy, he's like Midas; like everything he touches turns to gold. It seems. I don't think so. No.
2: No.
3: Could get five hundred. He might get five hundred mil for that tequila. Ryan Reynolds got like three hundred for the uh, gin. Yeah.
2: Good for Ryan Reynolds. Well, Um, he didn't
3: own the whole thing. Ryan Reynolds had bought in. Like it it had previous ownership, and he bought in. But uh, Ryan Reynolds has his own uh, marketing company. In case people aren't familiar, he's got a marketing company. And Ryan Reynolds is smart. He's not an idiot. And so he he uses his own brand in order to promote the shit that he owns through his marketing company, and it's freaking awesome. And so uh, he did the one with uh, the guy from Virgin. What's the guy's name from Virgin? Uh,
2: I know who you're talking about. Uh, Branson? Branson, yeah. Did you see the thing
3: you're... Ryan Reynolds did with Branson? Yes. When Jin was going to be on the Virgin flights, and Ryan Reynolds was like, I'm here to announce uh, my new partner, uh, uh, Richard Branson. Branson's like, okay, you're not my partner. We're just gonna be selling your gin on our planes. It's like anyway, yeah. I'm here with my partner, Richard Brandt. Like <laughs> he's really he's really good, you know? Yeah. And well, I, I think
2: he's I think he's like the funniest actor in He is,
3: he effort. is, and he, he needs to embrace the comedy and forget about the action stuff because comedy is where he's oh, good. God.
2: Have you ever seen the movie Buried? No. It was him stu- like the whole movie is him overseas, like in a war zone, and he was a truck driver and he got buried in a box like a foot or two underground with a cell phone. Basically, they were uh, using him for ransom. And I remember – I can't remember what late-night show it was on, but he brought a a clipping from a newspaper review out, and it was from years before, and it said, Ryan Reynolds couldn't act his way out of a box. And he said, come to the theater and find out. (laughs) Really? And I thought that was the funniest thing.
3: Was he doing comedy
2: in that movie? No, not at all. No, I
3: was gonna but say it's
2: a lot like Jim Carrey, where even if he's promoting a serious movie, he's going to be funny yes. in promoting it. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. Also, you, he can work. He can do that Deadpool role until he's sixty if he wants. Did you hear he about wants.
3: how we got Rick Moranis out of retirement? No. So uh, I, I'm I'm sorry I'm a fan of Ryan Reynolds and and so I could talk about him for a while I think he's hilarious. Me, so, me too. We'll yeah. do a Ryan
2: Reynolds podcast.
3: I think he's very talented as a comedy actor. I really wish he would just embrace it. And like you said, if he can do Deadpool, where you can use some of the physicality, too, that's fine. With all due respect to him, he's not intimidating. Even though I know he's a big guy and everything, he's not intimidating. He's funny. So he's got a he's got a mobile brand called Mint Mobile, and it's, I think it's only in the U.S. right now. I, I heard he's trying to get it into Canada. And he wanted to do a viral video, essentially commercial, for Mint Mobile, just like he did for the gin. And he was trying to come up with ways that it would get viral attention. So he reached out to Rick Moranis. Uh, And if anybody doesn't know Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters and stuff, Rick Moranis has been retired for like 20 years because his wife passed from cancer. And he wanted to retire and raise his kids actually here in Toronto. Rick Moranis spent the last 20 years living in Toronto. So Ryan Reynolds reaches out to Rick Moranis because stories had come out saying that Moranis was ready to come out of retirement because the kids are grown now. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds reaches out to him about, hey, I want to do this thing for this mobile company. He thinks he's got no shot because hmm. Moran- Moranis is very picky. Like, he doesn't need the money. You know what I mean? Sure. And Ryan Reynolds thinks he's got no shot. And Ryan, uh, uh, Rick Moranis reads the pitch, and he's like, all right, I'll do it. And Reynolds was just floored, oh. and all he did, all they did, you can find it on the internet, is Ryan I Reynolds. Yeah, he, he just comes out as Rick Moranis, and and he's like, yes. "What do you want me to do? You just want me to look here and hey, Mint Mobile, and that was the spot."
2: Yeah. So. And who doesn't love Rick Moranis? Yeah, I actually great that clip popped up in my recommended videos a while back. I saw that, and uh, that is that is very cool. Also. I, to speak to your point about him being a comedic actor, even in Amityville Amityville horror, my favorite line was Since when did you get so fucking stupid? I'm a big Classic. fan of Waiting. Waiting is an awesome movie. Okay. I love watch, that movie. I watched that last week, and there's a lot of it that does not it's, hold up. It's very funny, but yes, there's a lot that doesn't hold up.
3: Like give me an example. It's been a while since I've seen it. Just watch it again.
2: Oh, really? And, and you will watch it and you'll go, oh, they said that. Oh, they said that. Okay, they said that. Um, have you ever seen Andy, any of the outtakes? Oh, of course. Andy Milanakis's rapping holds up very well.
3: See, I haven't seen it in a while, so I have to go back and watch. There I'm was... telling
2: you, we rewatch it. We watched it literally two weeks ago, and uh, yeah.
3: Did you see the outtake with that? Who's that famous uh, Hispanic actor that's in it? Uh, he- he plays one of the chefs. The I know one, who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I forget. Know. I forget his name. So he's he's like a a very like well known respected actor. He's got a massive resume. Luis Guzman. Yes, yes, Luis, Luis. Guzman. Yeah, he's got a phenomenal resume. He's in all kinds of shit. So they did this thing. There was a scene where they were in the bathroom, and all of the actors were gathered because in the scene, one of the guys has a has a problem urinating uh, in a urinal. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: because he's got like a mental mental block. So yeah. he's having a dream where the where his coworkers are all cheering him on.
2: Cheering him on.
3: Yeah. So there is an outtake Locking where.
2: Fucking
0: piss, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> There was an outtake where Guzman, uh, told the director when everybody's gathered in the bathroom. He told the director, "This is stupid. I'm not doing it." And and the directors, because Guzman again was very well respected, and and yeah. they they felt very lucky to get him for the role, and they're kind of politely pleading with him, and and almost be like a. Like, somebody in WWE pleading with Dwayne Johnson to do something. It's almost like yeah. that. So they're like, Mr. Guzman, I mean, please, you you, you saw this in the script. I mean, it's, you only have one line. It's, it's like, this is fucking stupid. I'm not doing it. And all the other actors who aren't in on it, they're all standing here like this. Yeah. And no one wants to say anything. And it turned out he was just fucking with them.
2: I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. I was going to say. He was just was messing say, with them. I remember that guy in... Dumb and Dumber too. <laughs> like, yeah,
3: I know. He it. had no problem with it. He was just messing with them. And they, they, they bought a hook, line, and sinker, yeah.
2: Queen Hannah says, A big thing for Ryan Reynolds is his facial expressions. He can say nothing and crack me up with just his face. He's really He's good. great. Yes, and quite he frankly, is. Our viewership has increased significantly during the show <laughs> since we talked about Ryan Reynolds. Good,
3: we're going to take this clip and we're going to tweet it out to him and see if he'll say anything. You know another good Ryan Reynolds movie? Just Friends. I've seen it many times. We got to Love check. that movie. Ryan
2: Reynolds and Just Friends has Great. the best Great. end credits. Great. Ryan in a fat suit singing boys to men. We actually just added that to our our annual like christmas movie watch list like oh, really? i pulled office christmas party from it yeah i love jason bateman but i had to pull that one too corny and we added just friends great movie also chris klein as dusty Dinkleman was hilarious in that movie he's okay
3: but I, i'm not a huge chris klein fan you know
2: who i not liked either. in that movie who anna faris was great I in didn't. that movie i didn't you didn't like anna faris in that movie no, i think she plays the same role in every movie i don't think
3: so she i thought i thought she was funny in that movie I liked her in that movie. I thought she was good. You're
2: not. You're not thinking about the other girl, are you? No, Amy Smart. I know who yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, Speaking of, we watched Road Trip again last week. Oh yeah, Amy that's yeah, 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 yeah. We and here's the funny thing: we were expecting Tom Green's humor to not hold up, and it definitely still held up. It yeah, was definitely. He's okay. Oh, he's
3: okay. I'm, he's I'm okay. telling
2: you, rewatch it. it. It's so like out of left field that it works. So I,
3: I should tell you. So I went to I went to university in Ottawa, Canada. And Tom Green is from Ottawa, Canada, and he got yeah. his start on community TV locally. Mm-hmm. When I was going to school, he was doing his local television show at that time. Yeah. And so we used to sit around in the dorm or whatever and you would flip it on. It was just like community television. And even back then, I thought, this guy's stupid. You know? And then he went on. <laughs> he was like a podcast pioneer. Tom Green was like one of the first guys yes. to ever do the podcasting. You know? I think he might have been pre Rogan even. Like he was one of the first guys to do it.
2: We can end this show on, on this, uh, one of my favorite lines on TV ever. Did, are you familiar with the bum bum song?
3: No. Is that Tom green?
2: That was Tom green. No. And he got it to, uh, number one on TRL. And it was just about him putting his ass on things. And one of the lines was my bum is on the cheese. My bum is on the cheese. If I get lucky, I'll get a disease. And he did a cancer special that highlighted him getting testicular cancer and him educating MTV viewers about testicular cancer and to get checked. And they played that clip to intro it. And he goes, well, I got lucky. And, uh, yeah, that was actually a very educational show. I really enjoyed it. And Dante V ends us by saying Anna Faris and Scary Movie Classic, eh. Oh, I haven't seen it in
3: too long. I haven't seen that in How too long. How did
2: we just jump to 1,269 <laughs> current viewers? <laughs> they want nice. to,
3: I think you and I might need to do a podcast about this stuff. I will say one Tom Green thing, and, I, and I'm not a massive Tom, Tom Green fan. Stealing Harvard is a good movie. Have you ever seen that
2: movie? Yeah. And it's, and I, I'm, I'm going to be quite honest with you, Jimmy. We're not doing the list goes on right now. I'm making a decision right now. We legitimately have... 1,400 live <laughs> viewers right now. They want to talk about Ryan Reynolds and Tom Green. That's what they Climb. want us to talk about. I don't know why it's climbing. I don't <laughs> have any answer, but we're going to ride this wave. Real, oh, see- I,
3: can't, I can't do this too long. I got stuff to do. But if you haven't seen Stealing Harvard, that's the one movie where Tom Green is great in that movie. He's really good yeah. in that
2: movie. So I actually watched that uh, last year as well.
3: That was a good one. Remember when they were there? So, if you've never seen this movie, so uh, the one guy, he, he, he promises his niece that he's going to uh, uh, pay for her to go to Harvard, thinking she's never going to get in, right? Yeah. He's thinking she's never getting in. Then she gets in. So now she wants the tuition and he's screwed. So, they're coming up with ways to, to get the money. And one idea they had was let's rob this convenience store and, uh, and get the money. Well, Tom Green's his friend. So, Tom Green's going to do it with him. Of course. They put on masks, and now they kind of got to come up with fake names because they don't want to use their real name. So Tom Green wants to use the name of a guy who I guess he went to summer camp with this guy, and this guy got, like, two girls pregnant. Yes. So in Tom Green's mind, that makes him a legend. So he wants to use his name. But when they go in, the kid behind the counter has got a shotgun <laughs> that they didn't expect. Stealing Harvard's a good movie. Got to check it out. We've
2: got people in the chat pointing out my shirt. Did you notice my shirt, Jimmy?
3: I noticed it was backwards because you
2: flipped your shot. Vanilla Ice. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. It's a vanilla ice Ninja Turtles shirt. As we creep up over seventeen hundred viewers, Jimmy.
3: <laughs> There's so many <laughs> obscure comedies that I could recommend to people that are that are really good. There, what's the one with Jonah Hill where they create their own school? Oh, accepted. Accepted. Yeah. That one's. That's not an a, obscure. Is Although it not? Part, I thought it was an obscure part, movie. You
2: no, know, it was widely released. And I'm just sitting there wondering, have they not heard of Community College?
3: Yeah, Which yeah, was, yeah. What
2: happened here? The
3: mascot was called the Shit Sandwiches.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a very good one. I enjoyed that one. That well. was,
3: and that was one of Jonah Hill's first movies, I think. Like, like as far as being a lead,
2: do you know what his first was?
3: Forty uh, Year Old Virgin. Yes, I remember. Exactly. I remember he he congratulated Steve Carell for getting the date. I've yes, I love Forty
2: Year Old Virgin. And uh, he was, he was buying those those shoes. Yes, but that movie, like God, that it didn't launch a ton of people, but it had so many people that you don't even realize like Elizabeth Banks before she was in, um, the hunger games. Yeah. Rogan. Uh, My Seth Rogan. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Um, Kevin Hart was in that movie. That's right. Art. That's right. And, That's and they, right. That was Who was insane. the
3: other guy, the, the the black guy with the shaved head?
2: Who was that guy? Romany Malko He was so funny He in that.
3: was amazing in that movie. And the only other thing I saw him in was uh, the the Mike Myers one that was really stupid. The guru, love guru.
2: Yes. I thought he was so funny. And He was he,
3: great in that. How come he couldn't translate that into a bunch of comedy?
2: I don't know. I know he's doing A Million Little Things, which is a TV show on ABC now and Mad Dogs. But here's a funny one. Uh, There was a guy. It was, uh, gosh, it was one of the uh, the fellas that that would argue the two Indian fellas. Yes.
3: The old old one or the young one?
2: The young one. Did you hear what happened? No. He tried to murder his girlfriend or his wife. He's in
3: prison. What?
2: Really? He's in prison bro. really
3: really big time the old also, guy was hilarious with the with the with the sexual profanity he was awesome. oh my
2: god it, it was, was great amazing yeah, also was. mindy kaling was in that movie and how about this right? one stormy daniels was in that movie
3: was she one of the porn stars in his dream yes okay definitely okay okay oh that movie's oh uh diamond Dallas Page's ex-wife Kimberly was in that movie
2: Kimberly was in there yep that's as right. a speed dater I that's remember right that. that's right yeah did you, that's did a you good ever movie. notice Seth Rogen's cameo in Anchorman
3: the first Anchorman
2: yes he was filming the cat fashion show oh yes
3: yes yes yeah, he's the cameraman yeah yeah yeah, yeah he
2: was like this is such good shit yes
3: <laughs> You remember I told you about the boys, the show on Amazon.
2: I'm I'm gonna start watching that like this weekend. So
3: Rogan is one of the producers, and because he's one of the producers, there have been a few episodes where he plays himself getting interviewed.
2: Yeah. So I, I, check out the boys. I actually uh watched a, a video recently. Oh, uh, okay. To wrap us up here, cause, yeah, because numbers are finally declining.
3: Yeah, and I got stuff to do. I'm sorry, people, to but me, I do.
2: The most underrated comedy of the maybe the last 13, 14 years is one that I thought was going to suck. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story.
3: I have not seen that.
2: It is worth you watching. especially If you've ever watched Walk the Line, because it's enough parody. Like, it's... <laughs> like, Dewey Cox and his brother are walking around. And, I mean, you know how those movies like Walk the Line are. It's, like, all based on tragedy yeah, and yeah. terrible stuff. Him and his brother are walking around. His brother goes, ain't nothing terrible going to happen today, Dewey. It's a beautiful day. And then one gets cut in half by a machete. It's amazing. Awesome. So no list goes on today as we stayed a little extra for today because we, we had crazy viewership coming in. Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com. I, I get a Q&A dropping Thursday with over an hour worth. Of, what?
3: Uh, so one of the super chats at the start of the show asked about oh, Joy okay. Ryan. And so, out of respect, we should answer that. Uh, I think nothing's going to come out of the lawsuits. I think it's a no. desperation move because I think he knows his wrestling career is done, uh, and it's a desperation move on his part because, with all due respect to Joey Ryan, he's probably not in a very good situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, there is zero chance that he is going to get ten million dollars no. uh, from anybody. It's a it's a frivolous suit. And and along those same lines, I will say this: Sean and I spoke off the air about Candy Cartwright's lawsuit. Uh, And when when the lawsuit first came out, Sean sent it to me, uh, like just to look at the actual documents. And the first thing I said to Sean was she hired an ambulance chaser. So she hired a personal injury lawyer. And the reason that you hire a lawyer like that is because they work on a contingency basis. What that means is you don't have to pay them up front. Whatever they collect in a settlement, they usually get a high percentage, like 40%. But you don't pay them up front, and that's why people like Candy Cartwright, with all due respect to her, hire that type of a lawyer. Sure. She has 0% chance of getting a settlement out of WWE using an ambulance chaser, 0% chance, and he is doing it because he looks at it as potential payday, no chance.
2: Uh last super chat Dante V says Ryan Reynolds in The Voices where uh, he's the main character and does the voices the dog and cat amazing I need to check that out. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know what Slap that is. Slap a thumbs up guys. Subscribe. Tap that bell for notifications. We have tons of interviews, tons of news, and we have the Wednesday Night War podcast tonight. Thank you guys until next time. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news. Across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.